Hello everyone, welcome to Youth Unscripted, the show dedicated to having honest conversations about youth ministry and how young people can grow in their faith. I'm Micah Bartlett, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Alec Colley. <clears throat> Howdy. And Tiago Nascimento. What's up, guys? So, as I mentioned last week, today's topic is going to be discipleship. So, let's just start off. What are your initial thoughts on this topic and how it's currently being done in youth ministry? Uh, I would say I think we're doing a, a poor job. And when I say we, I'm not just saying like our church, but mm-hmm. in the whole, of... I don't think we are not doing it or we're not doing it properly. I don't think we understand what discipleship means or we just think that, oh, someone in leadership is supposed to be doing it. That's not our responsibility. We're not called to that. But we're disciples making disciples. Mm-hmm. You know, it's everyone should be doing it. You're supposed to be getting poured into and pouring that out to someone else as well. Mm-hmm. So I think as a church as a whole, we can be doing a better job of disciple, di- discipling others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, I think that, um, yeah, we probably just need to mention that there's going to be some noises in the background on this one, oh, possibly. Yeah. There's just other people in the room. We just want to acknowledge that That's just that just comes with the territory. We have some other people in that are listening in on the podcast today. Yeah. So, so just want to mention that. So if there's <laughs> some, audience. some more <laughs> giggling in this one or anything like that, we want to let you know that it's not just us like being dumb. It's, it's like, like we're on Frasier, but for youth groups. That's a reference right there. Yeah. Okay. You have <laughs> but, youth pastors start calling in. Listen, yeah. Listen to their problems. It would actually be pretty yeah. funny to start do a radio. All right, guys. Party. Yeah. See you on the next podcast. The radio should stop. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so discipleship. So what's your thoughts? No. My thoughts? I, I think of Jesus and the 12 disciples. That is we have done that's such a great job <laughs> that's, of that's, teaching that's, discipleship within the church. So... Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yes. yeah. Go, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think it's like Jesus definitely modeled it out for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also his disciples also modeled it out, and modeled they, it out as well. And think about like the impact they had after exactly. Jesus ascended. Right. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> I'm like in general. Like, hey, the yeah. I, I don't need the, to be all your thoughts. You no. Think for yourself, <laughs> bro. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, I just, I think, like, I think we should start with, like, what even the definition is of discipleship. Because I know, like, it's a word that's thrown around a lot. Yeah. And even talking about it, we talk about being poured into, pouring out into others, and a lot of it just becomes Christianese. And, like, yeah. no one actually knows what it means. People come yeah. into the church, they think we're some cult or something, because we <laughs> walk in and we're like, have you have you been discipled? And it's like, what the heck is that? Like, yeah. It gets gibberish a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. At least for me, discipleship, you know, is you're walking alongside with someone. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing life together in a sense of you're there when they're in the valleys. You're there when they're in the mountaintops, you know. And as a disciple, discipler, you're pointing them in the right direction through scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, you're bringing it back to the word and Christ always. And as a disciple, you should be wanting that same thing, but someone doing that to you. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't like we all know that we're not supposed to walk this walk alone. You mm-hmm. know, so for me, that is like you're doing life with that person. You know, you're walking alongside them, shoulder to shoulder. Um, that's how I would define discipling. Yeah, I agree. Nice, a lot of <laughs> contribution. Oh yeah, but uh, 
Yeah, the way I've always thought about it is like someone who is intentionally going alongside you to yeah. pour into you. Yeah. And it's that individual one-on-one. I know uh, there's, yeah, an, yeah. there's an organization around that uh, like I'm aware of and stuff like called the Samson Society. It helps with some issues that guys go with at some points and they have a specific thing in there called a Silas because if you look at Paul and Silas in scripture oh, yeah. it was a traveling companion it was a person yeah. intentionally pouring alongside someone going through and bringing spiritual insight into the other person's life and the goal is for the person who's being discipled to be able to disciple the next person yeah. it's supposed to be a never-ending chain that's supposed to go on I just think oftentimes the church became such a consumer mm, model yeah. that people within the church just stopped focusing on that. And it kind of got lost when Rome came in and made the church an institution rather than a family and relational yeah. group. So, I think, and I also mentioned like discipleship doesn't come from a platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like you said, it's that one-on-one intentional time with yeah. the person. Yeah, Especially. like it, you. I believe that you're not. You're called to disciple a person. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not to people. It's to a person. Yeah, you, know, you can disciple multiple people at once. Yeah, but it should be that, like I said, one-on-one intentional time. Yeah, Jesus had the twelve disciples, but even amongst them, he mm-hmm. had his inner group that he mm-hmm. poured into more. Exactly. And for those who aren't as familiar with scripture, it was Peter, James, and John, and James and John, the, the sons of Zebedee, so, not james the brother really? of jesus yeah. who comes later and all that stuff we could probably do a podcast on church history stuff at some oh, point oh, 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 oh. Yeah, why not <laughs> that's fun I have nightmares from our, my, my <laughs> professors <laughs> no sir yeah yeah it's nightmares thinking about paul's writing him letters paul's writing him letters <laughs> paul was writing me letters and I'll be dearest so theopolis <laughs> the <office laughs> here coming. oh man but, i'm gonna mess up time without a name after me no jesus <laughs> but yeah when you where this is like the interesting part of it is where do y'all think the church went wrong i'm not talking about with like the church history side of it i'm not like so augustine was saying like not that kind of thing but where do you think we've gone wrong i got i got two reasons why oh boy first one yeah responsibility Mm -hmm. no one wants to be responsible for their own actions anymore that's Mm -hmm. so true number two especially the american church the united states Mm-hmm. They only want churches on Sundays. Mm. Yeah, they. Why just set the mood? Yeah. Uh, Alex always. <laughs> he's our he's our Trump. ray of sunshine. You know show. me. Yeah, but honestly, I think that's so true because, like, some I have a Brazilian background. I went to Brazilian church for the longest time, and you see the difference of intentionality with people. You know, mm-hmm. like outside the, I wouldn't say the whole Western side. It's mm-hmm. it's so different. Even so, like, like different races here in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, it's so different how like different races or cultures really have such an emphasis on discipleship because I think they they understand it more than we do because mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like in the American way you're very much oh it's by myself my mm-hmm. family me 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 my like white picket fence and the only thing that matters is inside that white picket fence and two and a half kids yeah <laughs> two and a half kids two and a half kids <laughs> what uh, your cat dog yeah. oh jeez <laughs> but you know but I feel like it's become so like you said consumer based oh I go to get fed not to feed yeah mm-hmm. you know it's fed I want to get food. I want to be full yeah you know but that you know we also know if you eat, eat, eat real food a lot that's also gluttony yeah yeah you know you get fat 
Yeah. We got, a, we got a bunch of fat Christians here in America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, some of them are starving because they're in churches that don't preach the real gospel. Well, that's also so true. That's a whole other element that we have fat to do. Fat ego. Yeah. yeah. I oh, think, geez. That's a whole other can of worms there. Yeah. But, but also, I think, like, the whole responsibility thing, that's so true. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Or a lot that also might just come with they're probably not getting taught how to disciple. Yeah. yeah. You know, when they're like, oh, I want to do this, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't want to do it incorrectly, so they end up not doing it at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I I wanna I'm we're going to jump into a conversation because we we try to keep a balance on this. Like our first episode was about negative things within the church in terms of youth ministry. Second episode was positives. This episode and episodes going in the future, I wanna start off, we're gonna address some negatives, but now I wanna kinda transition to how do we build up the church? How do we get into this? And think about the, I like the Maverick City reference, <laughs> but uh, how do we build up the church with this? How do we build up youth ministries? What is the way we institute this stuff? But first, I want to know where y'all learned discipleship from, the actual concept. Where was the first person who discipled you? For me, it was uh, some guys when, because I, I attend UCF, I'm wrapping up the semester. Go nice, charge on. Oh, yeah, geez. Yeah. Uh, but I'm so done right now. I want to be done. But uh, there were some guys over at UCF that intentionally discipled me. And that's where I really grew in my faith. And I learned a lot from that. So I'm just wondering where you guys got that. I got two people. The biggest one would be Ryan Rouse. Shout out, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Josh Manson. Mm. Yeah, those are my two. Yeah. Um, for me, it was my old youth pastor. <clears throat> His name is Marcos Baixão. So if you're listening to this, Chumacos, you're amazing. But he was our, my youth pastor, mm-hmm. but he, he knew me ever since I was born mm-hmm. as well. So I think it was when I was like my teenage years, really. Yeah. He like definitely took time aside of his day, his life, to make sure he's pouring into me. And yeah. Be that. Make sure I'm walking in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously he knows at the end of the day, like, I'm going to make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, but he he wanted me to know, all right, this is where I want you to lean towards, or this is what scripture says, you know. Yeah. I think for him, it was, he modeled it so well, but as well, at the school I went to, Word of Life, I learned more in depth of what discipleship was. We had, like, a whole mm-hmm. class about it and everything, and I saw, I remember the professor just saying, like, hey, like, discipleship, it's not, it never ends. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, in two years, you're done with it. It's like a lifelong dedication with that person, Amen. you know. So I was like, man, like that's I want that, you know. I want to be pouring into like that, but also I want to look down at some of our youth students, be mm-hmm. able to offer that, disciple them. Then thirty, forty years from now, whatever mm-hmm. you know, yeah, be looked back and like, hey, like how you doing? Yeah, so perfect transition. Mm-hmm. So how do we bring it now? What's the way that we bring discipleship into the modern church? Because with especially with youth ministry. A large issue is that youth ministry is notorious for being unorganized. Mm-hmm. It's notorious for having zero to structure. It's notorious for being a lot of games and not being super intentional. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, guys, here's our dating series this week. <laughs> and no knocking dating series. I think no one knows Please. how to date. Oh, and man, a man. lot of... Uh, just, just read Ben Stewart and you'll be fine. But like... But just, uh, man, I, 
where do we start with this? Because especially like the church we go to, we're we're trying to think about how we do this now. Yeah. Like this is a conversation that's a brainstorming of leaders within a church that's in the area. So we're going to be thinking it through. So yeah. where do we start? I don't, I don't think it starts instantly as fast as we wish it could. Mm-hmm. I think it has to start out small. Uh, just with like, I, in my opinion, I feel like it'd be with the youth leaders and then the, who the youth leaders think they should be discipling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Select few and then yeah. we build off of that. Yeah. I think it's going along with that. It's, we have a great opportunity us being our small group leaders to really pour into some of our students, mm-hmm. you know, obviously outside of the Wednesdays or whenever you hold the, your gatherings, but at least for me, not to toot my own horn, but I do have some great relationship with some of the students that I yeah, disciple. Absolutely. You know, because like I said, when I was there, I knew how desperately I needed that. Mm-hmm. But like what Alex said, if you start small, it does create a ripple. Mm-hmm. But if everyone creates a ripple, it mm-hmm. all makes a great impact. Yeah. So like the great Gandhi once said, be the change you want to see. So. Dang, we're quoting we're quoting Gandhi, Gandhi on here now. <laughs> I think there is a problem with you go try to go too big too quick. Yeah, yeah. It you just lose it after a while. You lose traction and just dies. Yeah, and you get you're you're able to be more intentional with the one or yeah. the okay. two. Yeah, you know that's so, how I see it. Yep. So the first step is just picking those one or two people you know you have that connection with per that leader. you can pour in. Yeah, no, yeah, just, per just the whole youth group. Yeah, like, like look at the whole group. youth group, 300 people. It's like, I choose you two for my <laughs> witnesses. <laughs> like, it's like nothing like that. And but, I think, yeah. sorry, you said something. Mm-hmm. I feel like nowadays as well, I think it's good to be communicating this with the parents. Yeah. If you're mm-hmm. a youth, cause this is a youth ministry podcast. If we're going to disciple, you know, a student, yeah. most likely going to be underage, going to be a minor. Mm-hmm. You want to have the parents involved, yeah, just for your legal, like legally being mm-hmm. safe, yeah, as well. Like you have some witnesses, because last thing you want is be caught in a weird situation out of your good intentions. And it'll yeah. Be bad. yeah, and going off of that, I feel like it should be common knowledge. Guys should be leading guys. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, if if you're dealing with that, don't be dumb. Yeah, and I, if you know I, I don't care that is, if we please. get flagged for yeah. that. Yeah. That's that's how you yeah. burn out a ministry. So yeah, quickly. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say something. I can't say that. Yes, but well done. But um, but but yeah. I think even just building on that, I think a lot of that is really encouraging parents to start discipleship at home. Oh yeah, with the kids. 100%. Because us as youth leaders, we're like, I want to pour into this guy's life and do all this stuff, and then there's so much that we pour in and we keep giving and giving, and then they go home, and then parents can well, obliterate yeah. a child's spiritual growth. Well, uh, a student's one of the students, like the what influences the student most at their, their age is their parents. Mm-hmm. It's not a youth pastor, it's not a youth leader. Yes, yeah. in certain moments, yeah. but they're the one. They're the ones that are going to be day in day out. Yeah, you know, and they also obviously have the last word. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to say. Yeah. So it's also I think, but it's also a great opportunity. Let's say if a, your student's parents doesn't go to church, whatever. I believe that the Lord will work through that student to get to their parents yeah i've you know? seen that before it's something it's incredible when you see that happen that yeah. a child becomes a spiritual leader within their own home yeah. like i think that that should never be expected of a child 
to be able to go into their home and have to be a spiritual leader at their age. But uh, yeah, there can be incredible things that come through it. Yeah. So, so we're doing that. So focusing on parents first and foremost, then from there having youth leaders preferably oh this is another good point to get into what in terms of age difference do you what's the minimum age difference you think you need to be able to be discipled i don't think you need to put like find an age gap or anything i i I think it depends on the cases Mm -hmm. like yeah i think it's harder if it's going to be someone your age that's more of a brothership like um but anyways I don't think there's an age limit. That no, could just I, be me. Yeah, for me, because I believe you can disciple. If you know the concept of discipleship, mm-hmm. you can do it with any age. You know? So, I believe that's one. Two, I also think how mature you are in your faith. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't understand where you're at with your walk with the Lord, I think. If you're not leading yourself correctly, you can't lead someone else correctly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? And if you're not being led correctly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing. But at the same time, let's say there's this guy. He's you know, probably like, let's say he's in his 20s, recently married, has a kid, whatever. And there's a dude that's 30, not married, and doesn't have any kids. I think it's hard for him to disciple that 20-year-old because mm-hmm. he's not he hasn't gone through the same thing he has. For sure. Yeah. You know? So I think... You should be able to relate to an extent. Yeah. But there also should shouldn't be any like it should be a mutual thing as well. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I believe that you could be younger and disciple someone older mm-hmm. as long as there is some like something relatable in there. Yeah. Know? And I I think it's also like there's more formal kinds of discipleship and then there's more informal. <laughs> and I look at like if we if we go back to biblical examples in the book of acts like it's the best example for discipleship out there outside of jesus but of course jesus has given us a spirit and that's how we work through that now so it's not like we have jesus physically walking around with us that'd be amazing but he would only be able to be in one place at once but like he set that model for us in terms of some things but then you see paul discipling timothy in there and that's a clear example of more of the traditional model yeah. that we think of but then you have someone who's already a teacher with apollos who was first discipled by priscilla and aquila as a couple that came in and helped him and told him about the gospel to begin with because he was only preaching up to the baptism of john yeah and then you had later paul then pouring into apollos as well so there's multiple people discipling in that. And I think that's an important thing to point out is that I think it's good people to have multiple, that it's a good idea to have multiple people pouring into your life. Oh, yeah. yes. 100%. And I think we can get so focused on like, I need the one person who can pour into my life and disciple me and I'm going to listen to everything they say. I'm like, that's a terrible idea oh, yeah. because we're all so fallible. Yeah. <laughs> we should have, you. Should, I think you should have people from multiple ages ahead of you like backgrounds yeah multiple ages and backgrounds pouring into you because if you're just a like (laughs) this is this is bad to say but if you're just a white suburban middle class guy and that's the only worldview you're getting you're not helping anything and i 
I don't think there's going to be a lot of growth going on there because you're just sticking with your viewpoint. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. Yeah, I that, that's true. So, uh, you were going to mention something earlier about uh, the bubble thing. Oh, yes, up. yes. Going along what you said with like sticking with your own viewpoint, I think it's also good. Don't stay with your little bubbles. In yeah. a sense, like discipleship isn't also hype man you know sure. it's not someone that's going to be there like hyping you up and everything that you do mm-hmm. discipleship yeah. is always going to be like hey calling you out oh yeah yeah you accountable you know to the standards of scripture mm-hmm. so don't stay in a little bubble in the sense of like oh like i, I want to be decided by this person because i know he's not going to call me out mm-hmm. or he's going to support the things i'm doing which is actually not what you're supposed to be doing yeah you know don't stay in a little bubble of comfort Discipleship should be uncomfortable at times. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, there's even something I've heard. Uh, it's more of a Catholic thing that people have brought up before, but the idea of priest hopping for confession. Oh yeah, people yeah. will do that all the time. Like they'll go to different priests to confess their sins. It's like, and oh, you don't know me. That way, they're like, it's fine, my son. It was one time, and then it turns <laughs> out like they've been to a hundred different priests because they were confessing yeah, this, their, their issue with the lust. I know, right? Well, yeah, but like, uh, especially with the Roman Catholic worldview, like, You're like you go through with doing that, and it's a lot more focused on the works aspects of Christianity. And today is not the day to pinpoint whether Roman Catholicism is a true version of the gospel or not. I don't want to get into that discussion, but either way, just that point, people do that, and, yeah. and even in Protestantism, which is kind of where we, not kind of, where we do line up. People the same thing, jump yeah. to different people yeah. to confess it. It's like, okay, I'll talk to this person about my sin. Talk to this person. I think yeah. you should talk to multiple people for your discipleship and for your spiritual growth. But don't be afraid of accountability. Yeah. Yes. Consistency and accountability and yes. constantly meeting. And I know we're getting short on our time here. We only have about three to four minutes left. But I want to get into some specific steps. So when you begin to disciple someone mm-hmm. intentionally doing that do you think jumping into a book is the first good thing meeting once a week like what's your kind of view uh, on what I that think it's look like case on case because some mm-hmm. some people are going to be really knowledgeable with the bible yeah and some people aren't so some people are going to have to start with the basics and some yeah. people can jump right into revelations yeah if you can do that bro. yeah oh i think it's just case to case but yeah i think you should at least try to meet once a week mm-hmm. yeah there's not like facetime time. yeah definitely yeah. something recurring often i believe that it should be something in person 100%. i agree not yeah. i not saying that you can't do over facetime but in person mm-hmm. yeah you know because it's it's easy to be a different person through a screen mm-hmm. you know you can yeah. hide behind it but if you create that schedule with someone like hey either once a week three times a month, twice a month, whatever the schedule may be. Mm-hmm. And I think for starting off, like what Alex says, like it depends where everyone's different in their faith. But for me, at least I, the first like week or two is just laying out the foundational things, but mm-hmm. also like building upon the relationship mm-hmm. that you have with that person. Mm-hmm. Making like y'all understand that, Hey, like this is a safe place. You know, I'm not here against you. I'm here, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, the same way, like, I want to point you towards Christ in this process. I know that you will also do that towards me. Mm. You know, yeah. might not be intentionally, but having that 
set in place to be on the same page so y'all know what like where y'all are heading with this mm-hmm. yeah yeah guys i think this has been a really good conversation on discipleship and uh next week i want to get i think we're going to get into a further discussion on discipleship but getting into a little bit more of these practical elements mm-hmm. like how to go about teaching the Bible in a discipleship relationship. How we talk. Where to start in the Bible. Yeah. Where, yeah, where you go through. Because a lot of people are like, we'll start at the beginning. And then you start going through Genesis. And unless, to be honest, you shouldn't be going through Genesis to start with. Uh, unless you grew up as an ancient Hebrew. Which, guess what? None of us did. So, like, it's very hard to understand a lot of those early topics with especially the the, pen, the Pentateuch, the oh, five books of the Bible, like going through those. And the New Testament is definitely a lot more accessible because it was written to a primarily secular Greek audience. So we're going to get into a lot more of that stuff next time. But for right now, we're going to wrap up for the night and we appreciate y'all for listening this far through and for getting to the end. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing you next week. See you later, guys. Get me feeling like I'm walking on water